invite me into that room, whether it's your buddy who is the CEO, who can help me with printing or can help me with marketing, open that door for me. And I feel like, and this is my experience sometimes in dating, some men and even people just want to keep those connections to themselves. And three, two, one. You're listening to... The Real Social Proof Podcast with Mr. Sleepless for Suckers himself, David Shand. Let's get it. Okay, okay. Um, um, Donnie, I'd love to hear about your business model. Why do you have to look at me that way? I'm just, I'm just saying. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, so my business model is centered around the education. I just got to tell you, if, if y'all don't like... <laughs> <laughs> No, seriously. David. So, so it was funny. So this so this is how like for the for years, this is how oh thank you so much. This is how me and Donnie interact. And she said that um her uh, her other that significant, you said it like that. A significant what was it? Significant situation? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. She said they got in the car and it was like, yo, are y'all beefing? Like, no, that's just how we talk. That's that's literally my sister, okay? So I know some of y'all is offended. Like, why they talk to each other like that? It's how we communicate out of love. Okay, go ahead. Are you finished? Nope. So, <laughs> also, Jen, um, let's find out what podcast they like to listen to. It's a part of our survey question. Y'all gonna fill out the survey? So I'm trying to do things like Chrysler. And Jen, it would be even better if we could send those surveys to their cell phone. Are you done? All right, cool. Go ahead. You got it. Uh, so my business model is centered around the education of entrepreneurs. I understand that entrepreneurship fuels our economy, period. And uh, no knock against nine to fives. I had one, never loved one, but I did have one. And I just feel like, you know, we, we talked about this from very early on in life. We are trained to just be workers. We are trained to get what we can get, right? Or take what we can get. And, I, you know, from the school system on up, my goal is really to encourage people and to empower them and educate them that you at least have options. It's very important, number one, to start in believing in yourself. But if I can get a group of women who are in their 30s and 40s and even 20s, and I can empower you to want more and to see more opportunity for yourself when you become moms, you're going to tra- you know, transfer that energy into your young kids because the school system has it so that we are trained to work. The information that we learn inside those school systems doesn't really benefit us. More than 50% of that information. Like how many of you guys apply the Pythagorean theorem every day in your life? No, I mean, we don't need to know what A squared plus B squared equals. It just doesn't matter. I mean, well, in my business, I do. Yeah, in your business. <laughs> in your business, you do, right? So, you know, no, it, it's not a, necessarily a knock to education, but I think especially like speaking in the Black communities, we are taught that the more educated we become through a formal school system, the more mm-hmm. successful we become in life. And I think what this generation of entrepreneurs has done single-handedly is dispelled that myth, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Uh, There are so many of us that have not graduated college or did not uh, even finish some of them like high school. And we are making more money than people who have all of these accolades and degrees. And I think they're wonderful. I think there's a place for that because we still need doctors and lawyers and, you know, all that good stuff. 
But my mission is really to inspire and empower people uh, to take actionable steps to to go out there and pursue a dream and see it into fruition and make that happen. And so we work with people right now who are personal brands, who are offering um, like coaching. Uh, I think a big value add is people who go back and teach other people how to have a transformation. So teaching women to tap into their feminine energy that can multiply in their lives and produce a result, not just selling just a tangible thing. Um, but I, I love that space. And so we have all kinds of programs from courses to coaching memberships that are centered fully around that. As a coach, and plus you, you, you coach a lot of people. Um, what do you think the number one thing that holds people back from their own success, especially becoming a personal brand? Like I want people to know who I am or respect me as a coach or respect me in this particular field. What do you think the, the biggest issue or challenges that they, that they face when it comes to the public? I think the biggest problem that people face or aspiring entrepreneurs, even some, is belief. Like, we're just not believing big enough. And that's because for so many of us, we're first-time CEOs. We're first-time six-figure income earners and certainly first-time seven-figure income earners, right? And we're not believing big enough. We're still having to disconnect from this mindset of a little and having to adopt the mindset of abundance. Like we just uh, went through a major holiday sale and every single last one of my clients said, should I keep posting because I think I'm doing too much? Mm -hmm. And I said, well, don't we have the personal injury attorney's phone numbers memorized because they play that commercial mm -hmm. over and over and over and over again. And it's, it's a fear associated and it all goes back to belief. What you believe your audience is going to feel because you market your business. What you believe your support's going to look like because you left your job. What you believe people are going to think about you and how they're going to judge you. Like belief halts and kills so many dreams. Even when you think you believe. Like personal development is something that we should all be heavily invested in. Because even, even I, I, there was nobody that I thought at a time could outbelieve me until I started to actually be intentional about studying belief and what that actually means and just believing bigger. Instead of saying, you know, I want $500 a month, which is a good first goal. But instead of staying there and saying, I'm satisfied here, why aren't we going for $5,000 a month? And usually the answer is that we don't believe enough because we hadn't had enough examples. But today, because of the circles that we're in and because of the internet and because of this wave of entrepreneurs who are setting the example, like the belief theory and the lack of belief has to be dispelled like immediately because we've got enough examples now. And my job is to, is to introduce you to all of those examples of people who believe at a bigger level and hopefully it encourages most people to believe a little bit bigger too. I love that. We got I love it. Yeah. So um, Angela, I like to kind of understand your business model as well. And I am one of your clients, right? And in, uh, um, in the, would it be PR that you do? Say that again. Well, you do PR. Is that public relations, right. artist management, digital marketing? Gotcha. Okay. So, so walk, walk us through your business model. Whew. Which hat are we talking? Artist management. I think that's a big part of really understanding who you are because really, artist management is babysitting. There's no other way to sugarcoat it. You are babysitting your clients. You are making sure that they are getting to and from where they need to be on time. You are making sure that they show up for appearances, concerts, whatever talent that they have. You are technically a babysitter. 
funnel within the babysitting is the contracts and making sure that the deal memos and all of those are in place and you're reading those. So I had to understand the business side before I can manage an artist. So I was very intentional in understanding the entertainment business, whether you're an actor, a singer, a dancer, because I've managed a little bit of all, but understanding what points on a record means or understanding just the business so that most artists, they just want to do their craft. So business model number one is know your business. Know, know what you're, who you're managing or what you're managing, whether it's a project or a client. Um, from a marketing space, I was, a, I was a brand manager for up until two years ago. I was a brand manager for every W Hotel in the um, North American market. Um, wow. Very huge, very big. Hmm. So you still got the plug? I still have a plug. Anybody know? I got still got the plug. Oh, I got you. Yeah, yeah, like tomorrow. Yeah, like right. tomorrow. <laughs> we need it tomorrow. I know where you're going. I got you. Thank, thank um, you. But there you go. Again, I, I started. Yeah. Believe bigger, Shane. I started with that company, and it was a Starwood property at the time as a favor to someone because their marketing person had had quit, and I'm like, as long as I can still run my business. I will help with yours. So that was that's very key for me. If I'm going to come and work for you, I need to still be able to run my business. So, um, and and I have a great staff, a great team, and, and we're all hands-on. But at the end of the day, if I can't always understand what's going on in my business, I can't help anybody else's business. So with understanding, I've n- I didn't know anything about hospitality, but I learned it. It's not hard, but you have to be a, a student of what you're saying that you're an expert in. Mm-hmm. So I took a lot of time to understand hospitality, understand. And I sat in every department. You, I can't call myself a brand manager and not understand what housekeeping or what the front desk or what a typical day of general of a general manager or what the being F director. You can't manage a brand and create different things for that brand. And the W brand is is different. It's not, it's a lifestyle brand. So you had to understand what you're calling yourself an expert in. So I took a lot of time before I got to that role, just a marketing director. Okay, great, fine. And learning and understanding. So the business models are, is truly understanding what I say that I can do and actually doing it. So it's, it's a, like my business is a little bit different. It's not just one thing. And every client has a different need. So there's no way I can take on an athlete and say, yep, I'm going to manage your, your athletic career because I don't really know a whole lot about sports. Now, if you want me to take your career and get you more publicity, I can rock with you all day long because I understand that and I have those media relationships. And I'm very big on reputation management and making sure that you deliver and you say what you mean and mean what you say. So for me, my business model is a little bit different because it's not Traditional, it's a it's a couple of different. So I, I, got a, I got a quick question on that. I got so, you. Like you you uh, first off, yes, can we get the W to sponsor this podcast? <laughs> first off, but when you like somebody that manages, do you take artists that are just good at what they do and they don't have exposure, or yes, do you? It depends. So I never understand. I have to, I have to believe in what you do. Because if I don't believe it, then I can't market you. I can't push you. I can't rep you. I can't do that if I don't believe in what you do. You, in your mind, in my mind, I can sing. (laughs) (laughs) Now, to everyone else, I cannot. And I know that. So me thinking it 
and you thinking it, I have to believe in because I can't stand behind someone and market and push and promote someone. What I know in the back of my mind, he cannot sing, he can't act, he can't, whatever, whatever their talent that they is. So you, I have to believe in what you're doing before I would take somebody on as a client. Gotcha. I never like, it just seems like there's no money up front. And it's like, it's like throwing a shot in the dark amongst all these people that are artists and you're, you're trying to get someone to believe in this person that nobody knows. How often does that ever work out though? I, I don't know because my clientele, my roster has never been no names. It's never, it, it, they've always come with some weight behind their name. So it's difficult for me, but I've, I've seen it. And I've, I've had people approach me who wanted me and I would if I had the capacity. But again, the, the management side is really something that I'm trying to phase out because it's really technically, it's seriously, it's your, your being a babysitter. Gotcha. I want, I want to talk real quick because um, you all are the heads of your business, yes? Do you all have like a number two? Yeah. Or somebody that, um, yeah, so a, a number two. Can y'all kind of talk through how you mentor or how you start to shape that person? Are you trying to shape them to take your place or you're just trying to shape them to be the best them? Or how do you all handle that conversation, guys? So I own a luxury boutique brokerage here in Atlanta, House Real Estate Group. Um, and recently I just got licensed in, actually this year, I've got licensed in California, Florida, and about to finish up Chicago this month. Mm. So my goal with that is to be able to franchise for every city. Um, here at the top of the year, I had almost 40 agents um, very quickly, which is a lot to manage as one person. Um, you know, it's not always about quantity, it's about quality. So I had to scale that down and now we have a good, solid winning team that I absolutely love. Um, for the Florida, for the Georgia, I'm sorry, for the Florida, for the California and for the Chicago, at this point, because my goal is to franchise, which is where I'm at now, is to franchise this um, brand to other locations and have someone build each one up. So I've been COVID, I sat down, I built my systems, I built my business model, I built the plans, the worksheets, the everything that every single agent is going to need. Um, and every broker, managing broker of that office will need to be able to sustain the business, know how to chart everything, know how to stay on track, know how to market, know how to build their business, build their agents up and kind of keep that same sense of community in every single office. Just like you go into every single Starbucks or every single Chick-fil-A is, hi, good morning, what can I get for you? I want that same brand to go all the way through into every single business. So finding the right people, which definitely took some trying <laughs> to find that number two and to find a number two in every location and even partnering with other people. I'm all for collaboration. So I'm happy to collaborate with another broker in another city and say, hey, what do you have here that's working? Or I'll have a lot of times a brokers that reach out to me and say, hey, I have a small office that we opened up. It's not really going that great. You know, what are you guys doing there? Can you coach me? Can you train me and teach me how to run my office, what systems do you use, and so on and so forth. And that's kind of what I've been doing now is just partnering with other broker owners um, who have small companies that want to partner up and, you know, take on mine. Um, kind of just like a Keller Williams or a Reichardt or a Coal Banker has franchising to different offices. Um, my goal for 
house is to do the exact same thing and to franchise in other offices, which is why I'm starting myself out to get into those markets and say, hey, let me figure out how Chicago works. Before we started filming, I was just talking to the ladies about Chicago and I was like, yeah, I'm going this weekend. Where should I go eat at? What hotels and so on and so forth? Um, because I want to be able to experience that to say, okay, this is how this market works. This is what's going to work for this particular broker owner, for this agent to build that business model up and say, this is, um, this is how we run this business. The way I've created house here and really, you know, as entrepreneurs, we go through learning lessons, we go through the hard times, the, you know, trying to hire on your sister, your cousin, your buddy, your auntie, and everybody else. And it's like, yeah, that don't work. I love y'all, but it's not going to work. So I've gone through that. I've hired on those eager people that want to come on that sometimes worked and did not work. And then I had to find people that were really serious about their business, that saw the same vision I saw, that wanted to be exactly what I have going on now. If they want to sell on a top tier market or sell in a very luxury space, it's Tally, what do I need to do to do that? Well, for one, you can't be on the beach with your ass out. So let's take that down. I need to take the OnlyFans link off your Instagram too. And you know, that's those are things. But I mean, oeh you would be COVID was tough for a lot of people. <laughs> COVID was tough for a lot of people, apparently. So, you know, trying to explain to them and show. Trying to explain to people and show them, hey, this is what you're looking for. So even as I'm hiring now or looking for other brokers to partner with, I have a certain avatar of the person that I want, the person that I want to hire. As I think, you know, most entrepreneurs do, you have a certain avatar of who that is and what type of person you want to be on your brand or to be with your company um, as an employer as well. So essentially that's what it is. It's just making sure you find that number two that can execute everything that you're doing. Um, the exact same model without me having, I hate micromanaging. So I tell my kids something one time, that's it. <laughs> I don't have to tell adults two, three times the same thing. Like you said, A through Z, this is it. Just go through it and that's all. David, David, <laughs> I tried to hire a number two, David. <laughs> and number two tried to take out number one. It was not really. Oh, it was ugly. That's all I wanted to say. I don't want to talk about it. I'm no, not, I'm tell, not tell, tell me more. Tell, tell, tell me more. Tell me more. Tell me more. We got you because you about to start rocking. She about to start rocking on it. You saw her pulling the hair. Yeah. She's like, she feels yes. like, <laughs> So I will just say that I am handling it hard because delegation has been difficult for me. So I was already. It, I was already stepping out of my comfort zone, even attempting to bring someone on in this capacity. Um, but at the beginning, I really felt like, oh, my God, I'm not just an entrepreneur. I'm running a company now. Yeah. Like, it was totally different. Like, oh, my, I'm running a company. And so that was great. I did feel, you know, more of stepping into the CEO role and out of the worker role, which is what I've, you know, been. Um, but... <sighs> <laughs> when you said knowing who you want is mm -hmm. knowing what you can't handle, I think is even more important mm -hmm. than knowing what you do want. Absolutely. Knowing those red flags. It's the same as dating. Spirit, it's the same as dating. Red yeah. Red and and no, not recognizing the red flags because I saw them, but you know, it was feeling good. Like I was getting to be the CEO. So I thought, you know, it's cool. Are, your hopes are you're going to have, you're mm -hmm. building this team. Yep. And, um, and then it's, it's a lot like heartbreak. So yeah. When you're building your team, and like I was building my team, my what I do requires a lot of skill, mm -hmm. a lot of technical skill. It's a lot of detail in what I do. I can't 
You can't tell me you want blue shirts and the detail is, do you want navy blue? Do you want royal blue? Do you want North Carolina blue? So I give you back a shirt and you tell me it wasn't what I wanted. It's very detail oriented. Yeah. So I've kissed a lot of frogs in the mm-hmm. sense that I've had a lot of people come to my shop where I wanted to train, where I wanted to be a part. Because, hey, we're supposed to be building each other up mm-hmm. and helping each other out. Right. So my job as an entrepreneur and a part of what made me was helping other people. So if you came into my shop at one point and you even look remotely interested in doing, because it's not a lot of people that's really interested in what I do. So if you look like it, then I spent three months only for that person to be like, yeah, this ain't what I want to do. But for me, that was me training somebody. So long story short, I invested in a man, uh, a young man that was at the time probably 24, 25. And he seemed to be interested in he had his own printer and some other things. And I said, hey, don't work for me. Rent a little space in here. Now, my rent is ridiculous, but I made it affordable to him. Let's say it was a fraction of the fraction of what I paid for. Mm-hmm. Why I you do that? Because in my eyes and how I grew up and how I came here to Atlanta, so many people helped me. And they didn't ask me for anything. I was so eager to learn and they were so excited to teach me. And this is what we're supposed to do as people, right? We're supposed to help each other out. So in my mind, I was giving opportunities where these young people at the time didn't have opportunities. You would never be able to get in the building because they require paperwork a mile long and credit checks and all kinds of stuff. So I gave this young man an opportunity only to get sued for $3 million. And when I tell you, it broke my heart. Okay, yes. Because this is somebody that I spent three years mentoring. (laughs) (laughs) So when I tell you, you have to pay attention. There were red flags. There were red flags. So the red flags were, father comes in and said, hey, seen you on a TV show. And I just totally bypassed it. I'm like, you trying to talk about your son and what your son trying to do. So there was all these red flags along the way. So finally... When we had problems inside with him and another young lady, I brought a friend of mine in from a Fortune 500 company that um, that does HR. And he spent three hours with this young man and us at the shop. My shop is small. And when it was done, he said, get rid of him. And I totally bypassed because I believed in this young man, right? He's young. He's kind of got puppy dog eyes for the other young lady in my shop. And eventually it'll fall, you know, by the wayside. And it just grew to be the monster that I never expected it to be, which is now resulting in I have to pay for legal. I have to do a whole bunch of this right now. Currently, I'm going through this right now. Mm. And it killed my spirit. It made me never. And I lost my purpose because I felt like my purpose was to help other people in my industry, because there's enough money for all of us. You guys, some of you are doing similar things. So, and one thing I love about Atlanta is you can sell lint. If you sold lint, <laughs> if you have the best lint Very out true. here, yes. and you deliver yes. the lint on time, people going to pay for it. They yeah. don't love you. will support you. Yes. Like, girl, did you get that lint from her? <laughs> yes. So, that's what I love about Atlanta. You can create anything. You can come up with anything. As long as you're consistent, your integrity is in place, people will support you. They may not come. If you don't keep those things in place, they won't come back. 
But as long as you are consistent and you really believe other people will come into that and, and play into building your community. So what it did for me is I lost hope in people. I didn't want to be bothered. I started turning in where I didn't want to share. And if anybody wanted inf any information, I was suspicious. And it took me a long time to get out of that. And I'm working through it now. And I had to understand that, you know, people, you have to watch what are their reasonings. Because for me, I'm just a regular Joe Schmo. I'm just a 47-year-old woman hustling t-shirts. That's my party. Queen, can I, can I chime in? <laughs> Please don't let them break your spirit because there are people with your heart and your good intentions. I think there isn't a person in this room who has not been burnt. Mm -hmm. And whether it's business, personal, yeah. um, people who you never thought would cross you would cross you. But don't let that take you from the character and the woman of God that you were meant to be because you it, you, it exudes you, you. Like when you walk in the room, you can feel your presence and it's like that woman has a good heart. I didn't know you until today, so don't let that one incident. Oh, it hurts my heart. I know oh, it is, it is. and it, it is True. painful. It's yeah. gonna hurt your heart. It's probably gonna hurt your pocket. All that for a little yeah. bit. Maybe you'll get another like forty-eight hours. You'll get over <laughs> it, <laughs> but don't let it change who you are and wanting to give individuals an opportunity. It was just a bad decision, and what we as women do is we see red flags. And we ignore them. They're there for a reason. And what I've learned is the moment that I see a red flag, I'm going with it. I want y'all to listen. Listen to what she's saying. Because nobody's trying to tell you how to run your business. But we don't want you to go through a lot of the heartbreak and heartache we went through. Yeah. Trust your gut. If your gut is telling you, you know, it's not the people that you hire. It's the people that you don't fire. For whatever reason, this is my cousin, oh, wow. this is my brother. Ooh, that'll preach I right there. This girl that's got to be for your business, but you're an empath or you're sympathetic. Mm -hmm. We have to vet the people that we're around like we vet relationships. You know, when guys give you red flags or women give you red flags, we have to use that same method and theory in our business. The moment you hear something, I, I listen to people now. Do you have a car? Yeah. <laughs> I got a young man now that is, he came in my shop. He was 19 years old. What I like about him is he's loyal. He's been working for Krispy Kreme since he was 16. He's 19. He's consistent. This young man would get up at two in the morning to be at Krispy Kreme at three and done at 11 and at my shop at 12 and work till five. And he Ooh. did that since January. Ooh. And I have so much respect for him. And so that that was way better than the people who I came in this time last year. My shop was bubbling with people. It was fun. But we wasn't getting any work done. You know, I was constantly trying to put out fires between people. And it was just a whole lot of bullshit going on. You know, I mean, for lack of a better word. Sorry. For lack of a better word, David. I you have to find a team and people who I hear believe in you. You have to be around people who believe in your dream, not somebody telling you how that's going to work when you um, be hooking people up. That's not going to work. You have to be around people that like, girl, I think that'll work. That's a good idea. Mm -hmm. The people energy, energy is everything. play into your dreams, not people who knock you down. You have to 
put yourself around the circles. It may not be exactly what you do, but people who are going through the same struggle. So I can call you and cry and be like, this is hard. But I'm going to let you cry one day. And then the next day, I'm going to tell you, you need to get over it. Let's go. What are we doing? I don't want you to tell me the same problem twice. I'll give you my ear once, but second day, what are we doing about it? So how are we, how are we moving forward? And my second in command is my daughter. Oh. Um, she's 27 and I've been a full-time entrepreneur for 20 years. So um, I am retiring from certain divisions of the business. Now my daughter is a ghostwriter. So I do have a new book coming out called Identity Switch. My daughter co-authored it with me. So I'm placing her in a position so I have even more free time. So a, so a lot of the stuff that you may see on social media from me, she knows how to sound exactly like me. So what we did was I, um, she was working and you know she was a dispatch for Atlanta PD. And I said, I'm gonna let you go ahead and do that. I watched her try to do her own thing. I'm, I'm gonna let you do that. And my sons, I have my 25 and 23 year old, they work for the company too. I just had to realize if you do have children that you want to work with, understand they don't have the wisdom that you have, nor will they meet your expectation based upon what you think you put in them at that moment. So in my mind, I thought my daughter at the time, she was, okay, you, you got this. She wasn't ready yet. In my mind, because she's 27, she bought her house at 21, I'm thinking she is evolved or more matured than she was. No. All she did was do a business transaction <laughs> to buy a house. <laughs> so I had to realize, wait a minute, she's not ready. And I had to stop frustrating myself because I'm like, no, I'm your mama. You need to know this. You should know this. Right. You April Mason child, right? And I had to give them time to become themselves, make their mistakes. And then now here they all come back. Mama, you know that photo booth business. Because we have a photo booth family business that the kids run. Mama, you know that photo booth business. You know my job over here wasn't working. Right. Oh, so now you want to make some money now, right? So that's my sons. But my daughter, everything that I do, she can do better than me. She's been watching me since. Uh, we moved to Georgia when they were four. You always think like that? How did you develop into that thought process? Well, I always wanted, I'm all about legacy. Even when dating, when I was dating, I don't look to marry for love, strictly for love or strictly for, I like you, you're sexy and not, you know, you look good in them gray sweatpants. <laughs> you know, I don't do that. <laughs> I am all about legacy and merging. So my daughter didn't understand that at first. And now she gets it because we won't always feel in love. So when she started to understand how I moved and she started seeing the fruits of how I moved, she says, mom, I made mistakes. What do you need me to do? I said, you are one of the best ghostwriters that I know. I mean, she writes music and everything. So if you give her an idea, she can write a song for you in 10 minutes. So she and won the Maya Angelou Award in high school and college, all that stuff. So I knew... I was transitioning out and I, there's another part of my life that I want to focus on, but my daughter maintains everything. So with the dating academy, with our app and with our um, other businesses that we have, she handles all of the back end, everything, the automation of it. When women see stuff, they say, oh my God, Miss April, you said that today. No, Adriana said that today. <laughs> and she says, mom, I've been signing your name since the eighth grade, so I know how to sound just <laughs> like you. So she's my second in, to, in command. And I told her, I said, listen, 
I'm moving on at the end of 2021. You see, I'm now shutting down the dating academy. I'm shutting down these divisions and moving here. Can you take this part on? And she said, I got you. So I backed up, you know, our businesses are our babies and we're married to them. I had to learn how to divorce myself from my business in order for somebody to actually take it on. If I trained you, I have to believe that you can do it. When she makes a mistake, I'm like, I'll be up at like two or three in the morning looking at the sport tickets. Okay, Adriana, you didn't say this. Oh my, I got it. Stop looking at this stuff. She stops me from micromanaging. If I'm doing something or if she noticed that I answered a support ticket, she'll text me, get off the internet. We have this, your team has this. So I had to learn how to sit back and see if my child could do exactly what I trained her to do. And she, she got it and she don't want to be nowhere else. She said, mama, everything you do, you've already set the blueprint. Why would I go against the blueprint? So she can, that. so that's my second command. I'm in that space right now with Deja, with my daughter. She's 19, she's a junior in college and she literally is my second in command mm -hmm. when I think about it, right? Because like you told, I have, I have an issue with delegating certain things, like important stuff. So my daughter runs. <laughs> it's all important, isn't it? <laughs> it's important. All there, are, important. there are some things that I can delegate, and then there are some things that I just won't. And my daughter really handles the systems and operations behind like my groups and, and things like that. And I recently fired her. So she's 19 years old and she has worked for other people, right? And my daughter plays with me. So she shows up and she works for other people and she does a phenomenal job. She's like the top employee. And when, I'm, when I used to pick her up from work, they're like, oh, your daughter's going to be somebody. And then she comes in and she's working for my company and it starts off and it's amazing. And then she starts like kind of backing off a little bit. And now things are happening late and things are kind of happening on your time. And where something needed to happen by 9 a.m., I'm watching, and if I don't say anything, it won't happen until 11 a.m. So I just had my final straw like a week ago, and I fired her. And um, she came home last week, and it it hurt me. to I called my mom, and I was like, yeah, I had to fire Dej. And she's like, yeah, I bet that didn't feel good. And I'm like, oh, it's no big deal. If she doesn't want to work in my company, I'm not going to force her to do it, right? Because she's still also finding herself. And I don't want to force her into a situation where she feels like she has to work for me. I want right. her to want it. But I am also all about legacy. And truly, the only reason that I'm building my business is for my family. Yes. Like, I want to have a legacy, leave a legacy for my family. And my mom's like, I bet that really didn't feel good. And I'm like, oh, it's fine. A day or two later of me doing her job, <laughs> I realized, like, not only does it not feel good because it's setting me back from a productivity standpoint, but I fired my daughter and that doesn't feel good. And I had to think about what's the lesson that I'm teaching her because I told her you have to have money coming in, mm -hmm. right? I don't care how much money you just, you need to be doing something. Um, and and there, there's reasons for that. So you need to be doing something. And I felt like in that moment when she came home, I looked at her, we were in the kitchen and I looked at her and I said, Here's what we're going to do. As of Monday, which was literally yes, yesterday, today, today, today. Yeah, today, you're going to get your job back and you're going to take your job back and you're going to get it. You're going to do it with excellence because you're not going to you don't know what you want to do with your life. And I'm not pressuring you at 19 to know those things. Mm -hmm. But what you're not about to do is play with my opportunity like it's not a real job. Mm -hmm. You are not about to go and perform for these other companies, because what are your options? Where are you going? 
You are not about to go and be their star employee and treat your mom's opportunity like it's less than. So I said, you don't have to stay in this role, but you are going to take this role back and you are going to be excellent in this role for as long as that role shall be. And I think that she was even relieved because I'm literally gifting you an opportunity in the event that you don't know what you want to do with your life. So today she's like on it. I got all kinds of heads up, right? But listening to you, I understand that um, you don't want to pressure your kids to do what you want them to do. I think when you have a parent, especially a mom who's successful, your girls are already having an identity crisis. They don't want to be measured up against their mom. So I've, I've made this comfortable for her, but this is your job. You don't intern anywhere. You don't have another job, but you have all these needs. So this is where you're working. And I'm going to develop you in, with some professional skills. You don't get to go back and work for the fast food restaurant. You're not about to go work in the mall. We're developing and sharpening some skills. Whether she chooses to stay there or not is up to her. But ideally, I want her to be my right hand in the future if she chooses to be. Until then, where's he at? I am looking for a right hand. <laughs> I am in desperate need of a right hand. I have I have several people who work in my company, but I don't yet have a right hand because that right hand role, that right hand role requires so much transparency and trust, so much honor. And what I'm learning right now is the people who are qualified to really be in that right-hand role don't want to be your right hand. They want to be the hand. They want to be the leader. They want to be the body. They're not trying mm-hmm. to be an extremity, right? Mm-hmm. They want to be entrepreneurs. And I get it because that was me. I think about how many people I was qualified to be the right hand for. And no matter how talented I was, I didn't want to be your right hand. Exactly. I am my own entity. And that's what I'm running into right now. So we've got a lot of people who are doing tasks and performing well in roles. Uh, well in roles, because I got some of my team members in here. Just to be clear, well in roles. Um, but with that being said, the right hand position, should this person choose that, you know, uh, he doesn't want to work through the struggles and hardships of being Y'all really need to have a conversation. <laughs> She's using the podcast to get her message across. I'm talking about you. I'm talking about Kyle. Oh. Yep. So Kyle is right now acting as my right hand, but I know that it's he's also his own entrepreneur. He's also his own entrepreneur, mm-hmm. so we're at an impasse right now. Yeah, yeah I, I, I think, um, and I, I, I'll be the first to say that I have a really, really good team, man, that... Um, and I guess it's not necessarily you have to be the right hand, but you have to be uh, own. You can own a space in a business where you're not anybody's right hand. It's just this is what you control in a business, right? And there's going to be um, benefits to that role as you know your impact grows. But I want to I want to ask um, you all if we all have any uh, questions real quick. I know we're we're drawing um, mm, cl- so quickly. You see him on the back. All right. All right. She's standing um, up. <laughs> y'all enjoy the conversation so far? Yeah. Y'all enjoy yourself tonight? <laughs> um, Goddesses, uh, shout out to Chef Beasley for the wonderful yes. job. <laughs> hey, can we make sure my wife ate? Does she have a plate? David, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Oh, <laughs> right. Two hours.
I, I was thinking about it. I was just, I didn't want to interrupt the conversation, but I felt it was only right. <laughs> is my boo good? She all right? Where is she? Do you see her? I don't know. I don't see her. I feel her. <laughs> I feel her. Here. I don't see her. Did she just come That's in her. Oh, yeah. She just yeah, came in. Oh, hold on. I, I hope I got to say it again. Um, can we make sure my wife ate? Because I just want to make sure. Oh, she just came in. You good? Dre, are you comfortable? You need something to, to lift your feet, elevate your legs? <laughs> <laughs> it's good. Okay. Yes, ma'am. What's up, Sean? Greetings. Is it on? Yeah. yeah. Greetings, gorgeous goddesses. Thank y'all so much for coming and talking and grace with your presence today. And King David, we appreciate you as well. Grand oh. Rising Queen. Grand oh. Rising. Yes. <laughs> Peace Queen. She's yes. the Lord is in the message. Yes. yes. And I, and, I, and I took notes on this because I got to go relieve the babysitter. So I was like, let me make this quick. I <laughs> so I spent 20 years in the Air Force. And Thank I think back service. on it, I have never seen a feminine commander. I have never seen a feminine woman in charge and in command. And I've never seen really soft females in the military. And so my whole life, I didn't know what it was to be a feminine woman until after I retired. And I found people like you, Miss April Mason. Thank you so much for everything you do. I've been on. Okay, stay still. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, he said, get to my question. Tell Rick Ross I say, hey. Um, so, my <laughs> so my question is, do you feel you sacrifice love for success? And would you have preferred to have both earlier in life? Oh, that's a good question. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, I believe I chose to sacrifice love for success. I don't believe in this or that. I believe in this and that. And so early on, because I didn't come from that strong, independent woman family, but I thought my mother's femininity was weak because she chose a man that could not honor it. So what I did whoa, was whoa. I... Can you say that again? Can you say that one more I time? Said, I thought my mother's femininity was weak because she was... My mother is very soft. She's very um, loving and catering and all those things, right? And I watched her choose a man that could not honor her femininity. So what happened was I be intentionally made myself hard. I had to come back to, to the middle because I'm, I'm looking at her as... Oh, you're just so passive. Why are you, you know, why he get the big piece of the chicken? Like, why we got to wait, you know? But I understand as a, uh, an adult, a more mature woman, she just chose a man that could not honor that space with her. And so that's when I started learning. You don't have to choose one or the other. And a lot of times we do, we feel like we have to choose. So even with my clients, um, I have this thing called the feminine CEO. We trademark that. And what that is, is we teach women how to be feminine CEOs and have a lifestyle too. So we just, um, and I got this from you. Thank you very much. Um, you and Trap, I was a part of your, you know, you got on me about the podcast at the conference. And so I participated in your five-day boot camp. I said, well, I want to do a five-day boot camp too. So I did it. And I said, I'm going to do exactly his blueprint, do what he did. And it was very successful. Thank you very much. <laughs> but, but in that, what I taught was not just business. Day one was all about what she was just asking. 
how to do both. And that goes back to what I said earlier. I have my day set. You know, I take time for me in the morning. You know, I go to bed cute on purpose. You know, I sleep on satin pillowcases on purpose. I live a very Zen lifestyle. My home, people come over, they just want to go to sleep because it's so peaceful. <laughs> but I also am, uh, as we said, a high-level performing entrepreneur. I just switch the energy of what I do. It doesn't mean that I don't, um, I have four grandkids. doesn't mean that I don't play with them and enjoy them and enjoy my family. However, okay, um, yeah, it's time to come get your children because I have a spa day. <laughs> you know? And I set, when I plan my schedule as an entrepreneur, I plan my schedule with spa days, with little miniature trips inside of that, outside of my work. I go, I don't know about y'all, but I go flower picking. What that does for me is it allows me to do what I call feminine mindless activities. I'm picking flowers. I'm not doing anything that's requiring me to think. I go paint pottery. So when women ask me, how do I get in that space? Start doing things that do not require a lot of mental for you, mental work. So I always go pick flowers. I go pick strawberries, girl, at the strawberry farm. You will always find me doing little little mindless things. This weekend, I'm going to go learn how to make fragrances and smell perfumes. That keeps me in that feminine energy. So when I know it's time, okay, on Monday, I have this, this, this to do, I have already rested in that. And now I'm ready to go. But I intentionally make time in my day. April, I check in with me. How am I feeling right now? Why do I feel this way? Is anybody doing anything to me? What's going on? Am I triggered behind anything? So I have those check-ins with me intentionally. And what I tell my people to do, and you may want to try this, get your phone, program in your phone messages to go off in your phone to remind you to take a break, to remind you whatever your issue is that you're struggling with, a reminder that says, I am so soft and gentle today. Today, I don't react, I respond. And just those little gentle reminders, and that's what helped. When the man at the store asked you, can I carry your bag to the store? Say yes. It gets you into the energy of receiving. If the man at the gas station, he might be a, you know, a vagabond. Can I pump your gas for two dollars? Yes. No. Yes, he gonna pump my gas. <laughs> yes, man. Because I don't. What will you do? I don't. You know. Yes, let him pump your gas. But then again, but you know. Let him pump your gas. <laughs> let him pump your gas. If you got a Tesla like I do, let him charge it for two dollars. Donnie, and it gets put you a little reminder that. in your phone. The little put, hey, feminine energy <laughs> turned all the way up. Do you hear me? I'm doing nothing. Soft and gentle. Yeah, do, do, do nothing. Words, spend a day. Do nothing. I Just spend soft. a day. I am do nothing. sweet. I am flowing. I am in grace. I am a divine feminine energy. Yeah. I, I, like so I got to start incorporating these things. But you also are assertive. You have boundaries. And you, I am and you assertive. Have, yes. <laughs> you have boundaries. Yes. I have power. Yes. I'm soft. I'm yes. Clean. Yes. Um, yes. Let's go, Johnny. <laughs> How you going to affirm everything? She said, I'm soft. I'm hard. I'm gentle. I'm rough. All that. Yes. Because I don't believe I. I don't believe I have to choose. You don't. I can there is be no. Hard and soft. That's I what I was going to say. And sour. Right. I can be both. Like, no. okay. <laughs> and I think we've grown <laughs> up thinking that we have soft, to bro. choose. You don't have to choose. <laughs> you do not have to choose. <laughs> Everybody have their own feminine brand. Yep. Yeah. You know, mine is more the softer pink and all of that. I love everything girly, but. Angelita Jolie in Tomb Raider, that was the dark feminine, and that's sexy and, and feminine and that's too. Sexy. 
What's up, podcaster or soon-to-be podcaster? Get ready to level up your podcast game because the number one podcast education summit of the year is back, and it's bigger and better than ever. I'm talking about the second annual podcast summit happening on July 4th and 5th in the content creation capital of the world. You already know, ATL, baby. Atlanta, Georgia, going down July 4th and 5th, two full days. Imagine this. Imagine you getting all the game you need to take your voice, your brand, your business to the next level. Imagine getting all the insider tips. Imagine getting all the know-how that you've been craving for the last two, three, four years where you're talking about you're going to start a podcast, but you haven't yet because you don't have the tools. You don't have the tips. You don't have the tricks. I don't care if you're just starting or you're a seasoned pro. This summit has something for everyone. Picture you mastering the basics of setting up your podcast or unlocking the secrets to grow your brand on social media. We're not just talking about podcasting here. I'm talking about you want to build a long form catalog, whether it's skits, movies. We got people talking about script writing. This is an incredible experience. Imagine, imagine discovering the art of securing these lucrative sponsorship deals. And that's not all. Learn the ropes of creating a pitch deck that has sponsors knocking down your door. But wait, 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 wait. There's more. This isn't just a summit. This is an experience. I'm telling you, rub shoulders with industry leaders and you got to network with other people that are doing what you're doing. All the guests that have ever been on Social Proof Podcast, I'm giving them a free ticket. And in exchange, they promise me that they're going to sit down and do short interviews with you. We got podcast booths for our VIP members where you can sit down, pull somebody to a side and you're going to create content in real time. I know what you're thinking. How do I get a part of this podcasting paradise? Well, it's simple. All you have to do is head over to podcastsummit.com, grab your tickets now, but hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, because I have something really, really special for you. I got a little treat for my early birds, people who take action. The next 20 listeners and only 20 listeners who get your tickets right now, okay? I'm not only going to give you 20% off of whatever ticket level you get, you get 20% off, but if you use the promo code Big Deal. It'll take 20% off immediately, but I'm also going to allow the first 20 people to listen to this right now to be able to bring a friend, bring a teammate, bring a partner for absolutely free. You get general admission, they get general admission. You get VIP, they get VIP. Whatever ticket level you purchase, you get to bring a friend, partner, colleague, boo thing for absolutely free. Nothing extra required. My team's going to reach out to you, get your partner's name, or if you don't have the person you... No, right now, yet you got time, no pressure, you get us back. But use that code big deal that triggers to let us know you get to bring someone for free. So don't wait. So secure your spot at the number one podcast education summit in the country. Join us July 4th and 5th in Atlanta. Let's turn your podcast dreams into a reality, y'all. Head over to podcastsummit.com. Use promo code big deal at checkout and get your tickets now don't miss out on the opportunity to take your podcast to new heights take your brand to new heights take your business to new heights with this unprecedented offer okay i'll see you at the summit and don't forget to use promo code big deal so you got to understand everybody's won't look the same however are the place that it comes from is normally the same, but how it's displayed is different. Angelina Jolie, yeah. a feminine killer. Yes. I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> That's the model you gonna follow? I can, okay. I can do that, but I, I can also do, you know, whoever those other women are. <laughs> <laughs> Next question, please. 
have a question about boundaries. I think the word just came up. Mm. And more specifically, I think people talk about boundaries as something that you create for other people. But the question is, what has been the most difficult boundary that you've had to set for yourself to help with your success? All right, look, I know you're enjoying the episode, but I got to tell you, finally, you asked for it and we created a Patreon, okay? We created an inner circle. We have amazing stories, amazing information, how-tos from the episodes. The only thing we're missing is a community. So it's about that time. We put together a Patreon. We put together a community because we have to have conversation around the information. So even this podcast we're listening to right now, there needs to be conversation. I want to hear what you got. I want to hear what you got. Like, let's throw some stuff back and forth. And because we're a like-minded, we're all going in the same direction. When we connect, connect in a community, we can connect on other stuff outside the community because we're building real relationships. Okay. So check out the Patreon. We got three tiers. I don't care what tier you join. Um, the support is, um, the support is appreciated. Okay. Thank you so much. Now back to the episode. Not stepping into someone's space and saying, let me help you. Mm -hmm. Because not everyone wants your help. Mm -hmm. Some people enjoy the suffering. And I hate to say it like that, but they enjoy the suffering. They enjoy being wrong. They enjoy doing it the hard way. No matter if you already have the will, they want to go build an octagon over here or whatever. They just don't like the help. And I've had to learn, I can't help every single person that I want to because my heart is there. I want to help the whole world. I want to help everybody win and everybody be happy. And we all make money and everybody's just living in 70 acres with our chickens and our yes, goats. Yes, I want a llama. <laughs> I really want a llama. So, you know, I'm, I really, yes, but yes. I had to, yeah, I can't yeah. overextend myself to every single person because everybody is not willing to accept it. Some people find it intrusive, very intrusive. They feel like I'm stepping into their space too much or I'm micromanaging. And it's not that. It's like, no, let me show you because I want you to do better. Like I have a toddler. He's potty training or something. (laughs) (laughs) So today he wants to get dressed. He wants to wear Spider-Man underwear, gray sweatpants, a cream-colored Timberland shirt, a green jacket, um, and some... Red and blue shoes, whatever. Baby, let me help you. Let's no, mom, I got it. Trey, let me help you put this. Let me, let me help you match it, right? Like just to get the right <laughs> colors together. No, mom, I got it. And I'm like, okay, I get it. You know, I have to step back and say, this is your, this is you, and this is what you want to do. Same thing with adults. Not everyone wants your help, and I am. If you know me, I have such a big heart, and I'm willing to help everybody. You come to my house and eat if you need a plate on Thanksgiving, Christmas, whatever. On the weekend, come to my house. I'm always cooking. Not everybody wants your help. And that was probably the biggest boundary I had to learn for everyone else, not so much myself. Yeah. Another boundary boundary is just learning how to say no. Yes. Like no is not not a bad word. Um, I've actually learned the power of no in 2021. I'm I'm very much like Mm -hmm. you. I'm a giver. If you ask, I'm going to give. If you don't ask, I'm going to give. But I've learned how to say no and, and really learn how to take time for me, which is something that you speak very, very highly of. Like, no is not a bad word, and it's okay to say no. I think we're all saying the same thing. Overextending yourself, mm-hmm. you know? It's, it's a detriment to not only you, but the other person, because if you don't meet those expectations, then now you've created a bad situation. An enemy, um, you disappointed yourself, you're burned out, 
you can't be in all these different places helping all these different people. And I, I found that, like you said, you have to say no. I said yes and then found myself at the shop till 3 o'clock or 4 o'clock in the morning. And then people get used to that. Yep. That that's that becomes the standard. I, I have become the name of, you know, call shade when you're in a clutch. And then now when people, how long have this event been going on? Oh, we've been planning it for months. So you're calling me the day before because what? <laughs> you know? So saying no and not overextending yourself is one of the biggest things. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. We got go for it, Kyle. So I really believe one of the biggest things that that we have to understand is that women are the tide of men of the ships. And I think a lot of times we don't understand as men as our women rise, we indirectly rise as well. And I think one of the conversations and what I really appreciate about the women on the panel is that they haven't bashed, they haven't disrespected or downplayed the importance of respecting and acknowledging and empowering their man. Um, But I guess my question is, how can we better support you um, as women? Um, when we're in position, when we're in rooms, when we have the knowledge, without always just being the coach, how can we better support you? And what does that actually intentionally look like at home and also in the roles of relationships as well? See, I like so, that. I can jump in. I like I'll start that. Go one. ahead. Go ahead. Anyway. Come on. Right. So my number two is my husband. Mm. I had to teach him the business. He, he doesn't do everything that I do, but he's my number two. He understands the business. He supports me in his own way. And for every individual, support can look different. It could be walking the dog. Like, we have a son. Our son is actually part of our business now. But he's grown. He's 29. He's on the music side. He's into music, so he's managing the artist with me. However, when you, when you ask for, when you talk about support, support is different. And everyone needs to be supported differently. It could be from mental support. It could be doing something around the house or taking a load off of the woman's chest. Like, I'm going to get dinner. It doesn't necessarily have to be cooking it. It can be I ordered dinner and dinner is ready for you whenever you come through the door. Or it could be I ran a bath water for you. Or I, I made the dog's appointment from a personal standpoint, from a business standpoint, everyone's uh, level of support is different, but just for most women, and I think I can speak pretty confident when I say this for most women, just knowing that we have you in our corner to support for whatever carries so much weight. Absolutely. And, and can I, oh, go on. I'm sorry, removing the word, uh, what you need to do. The biggest turnoff in dating is when I found men saying, see what you need to do. Oh, when I say it burns me because you're not really offering any advice. You're taking over. I've been doing this for quite a few years and you meet me. And the first thing you want to tell me is what you need to do is hire you a couple I'm like, what, what do I do? Pull up at QT and be like, hey, any one of y'all want to <laughs> <laughs> No, it doesn't work that way. I found a friend that said, I mean, ask, what's your problem, Shay? And I said, I need somebody that helps me that's not trying to take over. He thought for a couple of days, and this changed my whole view of him. Mm-hmm. Up until then, I thought he was an arrogant jerk. Mm-hmm. And he sat and thought about it, and he sent me the most wonderful person to help me with my business. 
And I couldn't ask for a better resolution. While I had 10 other guys that's been like, see what you need to do, remove that, remove that. How can I help you? Um, let's figure this out together. Let me see where I can find somebody for you or support you. Take that out your vocabulary and, and it'll change the whole, <laughs> that the coach? The whole energy. And was that I was, <laughs> what you mean? <laughs> <laughs> you know? I was uh, just asking questions like that. Uh -huh and being sincere about it, how can I support you? A lot of times we really don't know, right? We don't have an answer per se, like a directive, but just knowing that you are willing to be there to support in that moment means that's enough for me. And you know what, that, that goes into asking that y'all fellas always ask this question. If we come to you kind of like frustrated and flustered, we don't always want you to solve the problem. In that moment, Ask, babe, do you want me to listen mm -hmm. or do you want me to solve the problem? If you ask that right there, because when you when we're talking to you, y'all's mind is automatically going on how to fix the problem. We don't always want you to fix it. We just want to know that you're there and you hear and see us. And I just want to lay on your shoulder and fall out and tell you of everything. And I don't want you to do anything but. Hold me, please. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> and Let I was me gonna... lay my drama out and just hold, <laughs> hold me. me. <laughs> and refrain from trying to fix it because I really it. don't want to fix Yeah. I was going to add in too, um, opening the doors. Not just physically opening a door, but if you have access to a space that I haven't tapped or a market that I haven't tapped, open that door for me. Invite me into that room, whether it's your buddy who is the CEO, da, 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 who can help me with printing or can help me with marketing. Open that door for me. And I feel like, and this is my experience sometimes in dating, some men and even people just want to keep those connections to themselves. You know what I mean? Keep that network to themselves. And it's like, no, just open that door for me. I'll go in and speak. I can take over the room. But just open that door for me and allow me the access to be able to have or tap into whatever network that you have to. Um, even if it's something that you know how to do, op open the door. Very That's simple. Good. That's good. Good question, Kyle. Yes, oh. Uh, how many questions we got? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got three. I thought they were. Okay. All right. No I more. The line ends there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I recently realized that I don't want kids. Does anyone at the table not have kids by chance? I can return mine. <laughs> I asked that because uh, that's a hard non-negotiable for me. So I wonder when you're dating, how soon do you bring up those hard non-negotiables? And is that something where I feel like I'm still in a place where I, I might be able to be persuaded, but I'm also not sure. And, and that's not a mistake that you can undo. So I don't know if that. You gotta be honest. I was yourself. about to say. Okay, yeah, you yeah, gotta, you, you have to be a thousand percent yeah. honest. Like that's like you know a man saying the same thing to you. You know, would you be okay with that? So you gotta be a hundred percent. I know I don't want kids, and I'm okay with that. You're and not hundred percent. Right sure, but you're not. Yeah, you can be persuaded. You can be persuaded. You're not a hundred percent. Yeah, that's a hard pass for me. And then you evolve that into I could possibly still be persuaded. So right now you're not sure, and I would ask you to think about why you're not sure. What mm -hmm. happened in your past to make you say, maybe I don't want kids, or what's, what's currently playing in your mind that makes you feel that way? 
Um, but I think if you go on a date with someone and you see that there will be a second or third date, you need to communicate that. And don't believe that, because um, you know they throw this one at us. Well, you know, you might be missing out what, on what God got for you because you got all these... Well, if God will give us the de desires of our heart, if he knows in my heart I don't want children, if I come to that conclusion, I'm not missing out on anything. Yeah. For me, I think it was there was never an alternative. I just grew up thinking that's what women do. And so this past year being single, I was like, wait, I don't see myself as a mother. I adopted that role because that's what I do. That's what all the movies said. How old are you? I'm 31. Okay. It's possible. I mean, yeah. But it's also possible you're just going through a season. I mean, the, the fact that you said, I thought that's what I wanted until this past year, give it some more time. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm not trying to change your mind either way, but you said hard past and you said could be persuaded. That you're all, dealing with something else that has nothing to do with it. Donnie, you. what I heard is if the right man comes along. In those gray sweatpants. Yeah. yeah. Hello, somebody. <laughs> children what are some ways that your older children can like better show their appreciation for you um i'm with she rolled her eyes what are some better ways they can show their appreciation you start for showing appreciation for yourself just, you know, that's it that's the, that's you start showing appreciation for yourself and they will follow you wait stop. No, hold on a minute i ain't got no kids oh that's this I'm asking for myself to my mom because she's very similar to all of y'all. Yeah, I think if my daughter asked me more, I think if she took more initiative, mm -hmm. it would mean the world to me. Mm -hmm. But I think um, just like with, with what Kyle said, if she just said, mommy, how can I support you? Do you need anything? Uh, that would mean a big deal to me. A couple of weeks ago, before the termination, the wrongful termination. My daughter told me that she was proud of me. Oh, and that meant the world to me. So that, to me, showed appreciation. Like, she recognized. Because sometimes you work hard and your kids don't understand. Like, I didn't have an example. Right. Right? I'm, I'm literally figuring this out. And you are the catalyst, daughter behind this so show a little appreciation you know because for me especially with what I do because I empower complete strangers I used to feel like a hypocrite at one point like I'm going out into the world and I'm empowering all these strangers to be great and be amazing and my daughter could care less and I'm like why can't I empower her to want to change the world right so I think just acknowledging the greatness that your mom stands for every now and then is a good start. And do something for her. What my daughter does, and she's gotten really good at it. So I, I had a birthday in June and I showed up. She's like, mom, you know, she had this stuff going on. And I'm like, I don't have time for this. I'm on my way home. When I got home, she had a surprise birthday party for me. Last October, after she didn't listen to me about some stuff and it backfired in her face, she called me over to her house and I, I see all these cars at her house. I'm like, why are these people over here? But I'm not recognizing these are my friend's cars. 
she gave me a surprise appreciation dinner. Mom, I just wanted to say I appreciate you. So maybe once every month or twice a month, she's like, Mom, what you doing? I'm like, minding my business. She said, okay, let's go to breakfast. Yeah. So she'll do things like that because she wants to show her appreciation. So it doesn't have to be anything big. My son's, um, what my middle son will do, he'll say, Mom, you know, I'm about to come up there. You know, I'm about to do right. I'm like, what you doing, William? I'm about to get in your kitchen. I'm about to make you a cake, girl. And, <laughs> oh, wow. and I'm thinking he's going to make it from scratch, but it's from the box. But it's still good. It's right? it's good. My, my Hold young, on. From the box? From the box, cake. A box. That's not that from scratch. That ain't from scratch. That ain't from scratch. No, that's not scratch. But he lets me know the frosting is. Ultimately, I think what we're all communicating is yeah. just showing, uh, appreciate, just yeah. spend time, yeah. right? So we're, we're busy all the time, and, and many of us have probably sacrificed a lot of time away from our kids. Um, I didn't necessarily have to do that. I started to build right at a good time to be able to spend time. But when Deja wants to spend time with me, it means more to me than anything mm -hmm. in the world. And then just recently, I came out of my bedroom. She was visiting from school, and she, like, clean the kitchen. I'm talking about like clean, not just rinse the dishes off real good. <laughs> she cleaned, the kid took out the trash, wiped down the counters, and did I you, felt... Did you cry? I didn't cry, but I definitely like wanted to drop a thug tear or two. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about it. Like, I bragged about it. I called my mom like, yo, Dave cleaned the whole, the whole kitchen. The whole thing. Not half. The whole not, thing. I mean, didn't cut because I get annoyed. You did the dishes, but you didn't wipe down the counters. You don't yes, appreciate yes. it. <laughs> yes, yes. The whole kitchen. Good question, Jada. Good question. All right. Hey, y'all. Hi. Hi. So first, I want to say, David, thank you so much for creating this event, this space for us. I just moved here last month from Los Angeles. So my question wow. is this. I have a question about the evolution of the boss chick in a relationship, okay? So I've been married for 15 years, and when I started in the relationship, I was a, te I was a teacher. And so it was easier to tap into that feminine energy, you know, play my role and be... I was younger, I was more immature, um, so I was able to... Uh, play a more feminine role. But as I have started to navigate the entrepreneurial space, I done tapped in a little more to the masculine energy. I'm looking for some advice with just navigating that space so it's not so um, abrupt and I am able to, to tap into the feminine energy a little more because I feel like I'm fighting on the outside because I feel like I'm playing catch up. So that tends to come home with me. And then I also work with my husband. Um, I actually work with my husband as well. And so switching the hats because I'm still fighting like, yo, I know what I'm doing. You know what I'm saying? So just trying to navigate that feminine space, working with my husband as well as, um, yeah, we've been together for a while. So what, help me, April. <laughs> she said, April, like, go on, April. What field are you in? We'll take it back. Go ahead. Well, what field are you in? To be honest with you, when I was married, I worked for my husband as well, and it was challenging. It was really, really challenging because you, you need to do this, but you need to do. You need to do. Right. 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 right? But what I've learned as I matured is I don't switch in and out of the feminine energy. I operate in it 
as a lifestyle. So I don't like I don't overextend myself. So, for instance, like you said, you, you going at it, you know, you, you trying to get it. Well, how about rest in it and let it come to you? Do what you need to do to make the business work. I'm not saying that you don't perform. I'm saying switch the energy of how you perform. So you can set up your day to say, okay, today I'm going to handle this, 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 and this. At this time, I'm shutting it down regardless of what I feel like I need to do. Tomorrow, if I make it, I can do it tomorrow. And that right there stops you from having to, you know, be so um, going after it in such a hard manner. Because what you want, it's available to you, but you don't have to do it in that way. And I don't want you to do like I did where my ex-husband used to come in. When are you going to turn off the computer? When you are, are you ever coming to bed? I'm like, tomorrow, you know? But I wasn't <laughs> wise at the time because I'm like, I got to get it. I got to get it. And then I would get up, get dressed, and I'm back getting it again. And it becomes, I'm not taking care of me, nor am I being the wife that I needed to be to him. So I've learned to work, work my business around that. Why well, I keep saying that my business around my lifestyle. So the, then the question I would have to you is, what do you want your lifestyle to look like? I want my li- wanted my lifestyle to look like a laptop lifestyle. Y'all see pictures of me on the internet and all the time, I'm always on the beach, I'm always doing something. I, am I doing my work? Yes, I have my laptop, I have my phone. But you have to decide, do I want, what kind of lifestyle did I, do I actually want? And then work your um, business around that. But you ain't got to grind hard. You ain't got to be, you know, I'm anti-boss chick because boss chick come with a different energy. When was the last time you heard a woman say, oh my God, I am such a boss chick. You don't. It's I'm a boss. That's a different energy. So when you say it in that manner, you bring on that energy. And then, then you feel like, I, matter of fact, I was telling Alex in the car, I was one of maybe five women at the boss of conference with Rick Ross, right? And everybody knows that I'm anti-boss chick. And they were like, oh, they was throwing, oh, how you going to be a part of the boss-up conference and you anti-boss chick? I went to a boss-up conference that was held by men. But I, be- I was the feminine CEO in the room full of bossed-up men, right? So you can still operate and function in business. But when I went, I went as the woman. All right, let's do some quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you can keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headache, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. Access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. It just makes sense. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit from NetSuite? I know you see it. Listen to me. If you have everything scattered in business, you cannot grow. And everything is more expensive when you have more and more processes layered on top of each other, more and more softwares. You got to get out of that. And it, it will improve efficiency and cut costs. 
By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash socialproof. That's netsuite.com slash socialproof. netsuite.com slash socialproof. And it definitely showed. And the things that I got from the fellas and the respect, it was like there was no need for me to create these boundaries because they were there, right? And I didn't have to go after it so hard. So I would just say, set up your day, sis, to the point where you know I'm taking a break. And tomorrow I'll do it. And it's gonna, it's gonna have you kicking and screaming trying to do it tomorrow. But do it tomorrow. And then put on some sexy lingerie for you after a bubble bath and relax. And then pick it up again the next day. That's good. I, I, can't, I can't really help with like uh, the feminine energy, but I, I can't. Um, I can attest that uh, when I got married and, you know, I have a family, my objective was to be home earlier, like four or five o'clock every day, right? And what happened was my business started to grow a lot faster because I had less time. And if you just got all day to work, and in my experience is the harder you work and the more you work, the less successful your business will be. The more you work, the harder you work, the less you'll make. Because you're like, you're, you're a lot of the, like the grinding and, and, and the working, a lot of it is busy work. Yeah. And when we have to be home, when I, when I start telling people, yo, I'm home by four, I only take the most important things. And once I focus on the most important things, I don't have time to do busy work and business started to grow. And like you said, I started to adopt this philosophy that, um, and remember, I built my brand off sleepers for suckers, grinding. Where I built my life off of that, right? But um, once I adopted, I'm going to do all that I can today. The rest I'll do tomorrow. Once I started adopting that philosophy, everything started to grow. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm like anti just like super grind, grind, grind. A lot, of, a lot of the stuff I do now is like more mental work. How do I think? But I'm, I'm, still, I'm still doing my very best and my wife helps me to kind of shut it off. Like, if we watch a movie, we just got this game. If you pick up your phone, it's like, look at you, you're addicted. Right? I'll say that to her, and she'll say that to me. Like, put your phone down, right? So we'll, we, we, we have that. We just cut it off. And guess what? When I pick up my phone, everything didn't crash. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing dies. It's crazy. You go on vacation, <laughs> you think, like, everything's going to crash, and it comes back, and everything's fine. It's cool. Even better without you, right? So, um... <laughs> This, like, this whole little event, if you see it, I would normally be here at 3 o'clock just making sure everything's right. But I think now that I, like, trust the team, it looks like this. Because I'm like, yo, y'all, you do that. And I'm okay with something not working out to my particular standards. And then once I understood that, it started exceeding my standards. Because my standards kept it here. So... I hope that helps. Yes, ma'am. Y'all not gonna clap? You have no bars all day. The funny thing is, I actually think that was a great perspective, but as I was thinking, I have a question, but I was like, how does that apply to women as we navigate we having to be the one chosen to be a, a wife? But that's not the actual question that I have. <laughs> chosen to be a wife? Is that what you said? Well, uh, I felt heat coming from Donnie. I yeah, just, I, I was like, like, wait, 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 wait,
Wait a minute. Girl, that's not the question I asked. That's not how this conversation We choose. They present, we choose. Drop my mic on that one. Sorry, Donnie. Well, that's why. So everything that you were saying, it just made me think Before you keep your questions, but I feel like there's some conversation. You know, we we said that. I was like, wait a minute. I feel like somebody got something to say. Like, and I'm not to what you said, that's but to our audience. We do the choosing. Yes. yes. Men yes. present, we choose. Yes. So ultimately, we decide if we're going to be a wife or not to that Absolutely. particular individual. Corio. Absolutely. Uh, Corio. Yes. So I believe. <laughs> Okay, so I, I I agree to disagree. I do believe that women are in control of certain parts of the relationship. I think that for the most part, you're not going to have sex until the woman is ready to have sex, right? However, on the flip side, you're not getting married unless the man is ready to get married, unless you're going to drop down on the knee and choose that he's going to be your husband, which I am not for, Right. So, so, my, so my question would be, how do how are you choosing your husband? Because if that's the case, the moment I decided I wanted to marry him, we would have got married. What's going to sound so arrogant? He has to wait for you to choose. Well, and not but he has to choose to ask. It's not, it starts in the dating year than that because we choose from what you offer, right? So if there's a man who's not offering marriage and we know that we want that, then we could choose wisely or choose poorly. There are going to be we could have married men, men, several men in our lifetime. There's something that stopped us from moving forward with that. And whatever posture or offer the man puts out there, I have to choose if that's the lane that I am willing to go down. Like, And, and I'm firm on that. Like, I refuse to stand around waiting to be chosen. I think we're both putting offers out there and we are co-picking each other. But when it all comes down to it, women, you should be doing the choosing. That's why most of us, from a woman's perspective, end up hurt. And we're like, oh, these men just moved on so quickly. Well, we didn't choose right. There was always a sign. It's like we talked about red flags. I think you might have brought a red flag. We can't turn a red flag green. But what they offered was a, green, was a red flag. And we chose it. We chose to accept that. We have to see the offer for what it is and decide if I want to enter that funnel and be closed. There you even, go. In, there you exactly. So are you saying that the women who are choosing, I just think in a room full of women, the majority of the women would choose to be married but they may still be unmarried. Okay. So yeah. then where is the where is their choice in in the matter? And yes. the choosing of who they like even in the animal kingdom, the male animals peacock. Mm-hmm. They show you what they have and you at and that uh, the female animal has to choose that particular um animal. With that we talked about the ego. The uh, the ego. The ego the mama e- the woman female ego, she flies up and she drops the branch to see which person can come, which not person, which bird can come and catch it. That's how she's choosing based upon what you're peacocking her with. So the animal kingdom does this. This is not anything, you know, new. I even teach before Bridgerton came out, when that when that series came out on Netflix, my, my students like, oh, my God, Miss April, you've been teaching us this. Back in the day, they would have these big balls and all of these eligible bachelors would come to these balls to try and marry the king's daughter, niece or whatever. What they would do, the men would stand outside. 
and they would all finally come in and she would dance with all of them. She would keep a tassel with a little booklet and a pencil, keeping notes on each gentleman that she danced with. Because at that point, her family understood that she had to pick somebody that was appropriate for the family lineage. So this is not anything new. You go back into history, it's always been this way. Western culture has changed the dynamics, yes. as well as women have lowered the standard mm. to the point mm. to where they're choosing anything because they just feel like, because he liked me, and they don't know the difference between a high caliber man and a high earning man. So they're looking at his earnings, his what he's peacocking them with, with everything he has, but they're not looking at character, integrity, spirituality, if his efforts, patterns line up, they're not looking at those things. So when I say, when we, well, I think when we say women choose is based upon what we're being peacocked with, because even in the animal kingdom, they peacock the other female animals. Yeah. And we don't have to take it just because it's if presented. a man chose me and decided, I mean, I'm in a situation that's significant, but we're talking about <laughs> If a man chose me as a single woman and says, I want you, I want to, I want to make you, well, I'm a woman who deserve, who wants to be married. Ultimately, right. I'm not married because I have chosen to move in a different direction than the men who were presenting the offer. Right. Mm -hmm. The offer has been presented. I choose mm -hmm. not to move forward with it. And I think one of the mindsets that we have to get out of is that we're sitting around waiting to be chosen. Somebody could present that offer as a woman who desires marriage, and I look at you and I say, I don't like how you peacock. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. 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 Yeah. Like, and I'll just kind of piggyback on that. So like I said, I've been married once, I've been engaged twice, probably had two other rings somewhere out there too. <laughs> um, but that is a choice. Let me be clear. I chose to turn off that engagement and that engagement, and I probably got another engagement in my email right now. <laughs> no lie. <laughs> but that is a choice. Getting the ring is not hard. There are men out there who are going to fall at your feet because you're beautiful, because you're smart, because your hair is pretty, because whatever. Men are going to want to be with you for whatever reason. Now, it's your decision if you want to choose them or not. I like the fact that you like me, but is it worth my energy to deal with you? Is it worth my time? Are you... What are you bringing to, what are you bringing to me to help me further myself, my success, or so on and so forth? But getting the ring is not hard. And I feel like so often a lot of, especially Black women, feel that that is such a hard feat. Like, oh, I got to get married. I got to get engaged. Girl, that's the easy part. Getting engaged is the easy part. It's finding the right one. And it's, that's not hard. It's not hard at all. Well, I think the ring is not hard, but the relationship yeah, the is, ring. is exactly. what people don't want to work for. Yep. That part. Yep. That yep. part. I agree with that. that but part. I still chose with me on that one. <laughs> <laughs> so I ain't waiting around here to be yeah. chosen. Excuse <laughs> 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 me. Was that the <laughs> 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 Oh, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Oh, we didn't even, she didn't even get to that question, oh, y'all. Oh, that wasn't the question. Uh -uh. She didn't even get to it. No, no, no. Oh, yeah, international players uh, um, anthem yeah, by the I way. Love just, it. just to yeah. let you know so but I do appreciate the conversation because it segues into the actual question that I have which is been coming around to the mindset of becoming a queen and thinking as a queen as opposed to like a goddess or a boss chick or anything like that we have to think more and then also as an entrepreneur coming around to the idea that 
life and, and business is about chess, right? And so as a queen, we make decisions that are good for the kingdom, um, that are strategic, that may have something to do with love, may have something to do with marriage, may have something to do with building a family. Um, in the moment, those decisions might not feel good, but April, you said that um, it doesn't have to be black and white, but in the moment, it kind of feels like you're sacrificing love for a strategy or a strategy for love, and it feels like a black and white decision. So my question was, in you guys' experience, what are some decisions that you made that were maybe strategic or better for the kingdom as opposed to choosing for a love or emotional? Like, what were some decisions that maybe seemed black and white but weren't? Um, or some decisions that were black and white? So I'll talk on that one again. Um, for a long time, I chose, you know, my boyfriend or my spouse or whatever he wanted. So instead of me really pushing my career forward, if he said, no, babe, let me do this first or let me take the role in this. And I'm like, OK, you know, what? I'll sit back. I don't have to start this right now. I don't have to start this business right now. I don't have to do this. I fell into a trap of following whatever he said. And it took a really bad breakup for me to say, you know what? Screw all this. Talia is focused on Talia and these kids. And that is it. And that was kind of that drive to have me create the business and where I'm at now, because I promised if I would have listened to him seven years ago, six, seven years ago, if I would have listened to him, I wouldn't have had a TV show. I wouldn't have been a successful broker. I would have quit real estate. He told me to quit real estate. Like he's like, baby, you don't need to do this no more. I don't think you're that great at it. And you probably don't need to do it right now. That was him. Yeah. Red, red, like <laughs> waving like the Falcons games. It was a big flag like that. And even with doing that show, he wasn't even supportive in that. He wanted to kind of be on the scene too. But once, you know, the cameras are gone and all the PR and all the press I'm supposed to get, he sabotaged every possible thing I possibly could do. <laughs> so if I wanted to go, you know, to a speaking event or, you know, um, uh, whatever, walking, walking into a club or whatever the case is, if I wanted to do anything, he sabotaged any of that. I didn't do anything after the fact. Um, so with that breakup, I was like, I can't be on somebody else's coattails and, um, you know, trying to please a man, especially if that's not my husband. And he wasn't my fiance either at the time. So definitely didn't make sense. But uh, yeah. Yeah. I had to learn how to trust myself. Yeah. Um, I was in a high-profile relationship, and I was getting ready to get married, and I knew, my, you know, you know that gut, you kind of, you knew, but I was like, no, because it would be right, it looks good, you know, everything is, I get what I want, and, and we do good business together and all that, right? Until one day, we were going somewhere, and he said, I need to stop by here, and we had to stop by a church. And as I'm looking at, he's went somewhere in the church, and I'm looking at the pulpit, I heard God clearly say, can you do this? And I'm looking around, ain't nobody in there but me. And I didn't want to admit that I already knew I couldn't do that. So I would say the biggest mistake I made was not trusting myself and honoring April's desires. And although I do believe in the helpmate and support, I also believe in being your own individual as well. And so I had to learn how to trust me and say, do you really want this or does it just look good on paper? And so I just, I vowed I would never do that again. Good. Thank you so much. Good. Let's have a
So, um, I've, you guys enjoyed yourself, yes? Yes. Good, 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 good. Um, I just want to say uh, thank you for you ladies for just coming. Um, I literally called each and every one of them personally. <laughs> Um, and like 100%, it wasn't like, no, I had anyone else on the list. Like this was the group of people that um, I felt had a really, really good perspective and, you know, different perspective on this topic and could help us all, right? So um, I want to say that th this night, you guys helped me become a, a better husband. Aww. Well, well I, I got some ideas. Let's see if it, you know what I mean? <laughs> Let's see if it makes it home, you know what I mean? But, um, like, this is just healthy to, uh, I, don't, I don't think women always get um, a platform, especially from a man. And I wanted to make sure this is the very first of the Social Proof 7 that we do where we can give women a voice and give, uh, not that women don't have a voice, you guys are killing it on your own, but I just felt like it was an obligation um, to make sure that I, I, you see all these, you could tell who's putting on an event, um, if it's a man or a woman, by the people that are on the panel. Would you agree? Like these workshops, it's like all men driven, but I just know some boss women um, that, that, that have a really, really good perspective. So I, I want to close it out with um, kind of you all giving your last words um, and letting everybody know how they can find you. So we're going to start with Donnie. <laughs> you know what I mean? You ready? So, you know, interestingly enough, uh, my social media was just hacked again today. Mm. For like the third time? The third time in under two years. And yes, I had two-factor authentication turned on. But it happened. So I don't really know where you can find me right now. <laughs> um, so back up. Yeah, you guys can, um, you can, I would rather that you send me a text. So can I see your phone? Like pull out your phone, like right, pull out your phone. Like she's serious. <laughs> I got you, Donnie. We're getting from there to go. Thank you. 404. Watch up my text. 737. Two seven six seven. Just say hey, girl, or whatever you want to say, and you guys will be on my um, in my community so that I can keep up with you there because we what have given it? up. Can you rate? Oh, you run that one, that one more time. time. One more time. Four zero four seven three seven two seven six seven. In all seriousness, I drop business gems on a regular basis, and sometimes I just want to say hello. But I think ultimately, um, if I leave with anything here today, especially for the women in the room, um, is is to be is to be empowered, not just feel empowered, but be empowered to be exactly who you are. As women, as humans, we are constantly evolving, and that's not anything that's not that's ever going to change. Um, I used to find myself competing with men, like. I have to do it the way that the big boys do. And in some ways, I do still have to do that, right? But ultimately, at the end of the day, the only person that I'm competing with is me, the person who I was yesterday. And then I also want to leave you with the fact that there is power in sisterhood. There is incredible power in sisterhood. So you look to the woman to your left and to your right, right across the table from you, and she is not your competition. She just might be the missing piece to your puzzle that can unlock a completely different realm of freedom for you and for each other. And I don't think we tap into that energy. We're always looking at another woman because there's so few of us 
who are actually gutsy enough to go out and pursue our dreams at an excellent level, right? There are people who are tiptoeing into it. There are women who are thinking about it. But high-level women who are going after high-level goals, I mean, even though we dominate in the space at a greater rate, there are less of us doing it. And so banding together and coming together on panels like this, lifting the woman to your left and right up is going to take you further than you could imagine. The more people that you help to achieve a thing, great woman, the more you're going to achieve the thing that you actually want to do. And you don't have to sacrifice yourself as a woman, as a mom, as a significant other to be the person that you want to be in the world of business. You can absolutely have it all. Uh, my closing words would be balance is okay. And as well as make your business around your lifestyle, not your lifestyle around your business. And just really identify what you want your life to look like because it's limitless. You know, whatever you desire is what it will be because you are the creator and your life, you know, is the, the canvas and you decide. I can be reached by downloading the All Things Feminine Social Club app in your Google Play or your Apple Store and always on social media at Miss MS April Mason. Yay. Um, my closing remarks would be uh, be unapologetically, authentically you. Don't show up as anyone else but yourself 100% of the time. Don't let nobody um, tell you what you can and cannot do. And understanding that we don't ever have to choose, we can have it all. I can be reached at uh, on Instagram, Full Circle Consulting Group. Angela. So I'm going to keep it short, um, but my closing statement, honestly, is your closing remarks. You can have it all. Um, every single thing, every single thing, being a mother, being a boss, being a great friend, a great sister, and don't be afraid to collaborate. Work with other people. It is okay um, because whatever sauce that you have, that's yours. They can't take that away from you. Just Oh, be open and be open to receiving that. And you can guys can follow me on Instagram at Talia Diaz, T-A-H-L-I-A-D-I-A-Z. So I would just um, remind you all that you already have everything you need to get everything you want if you are willing to work for it. So I'm Coriel. You can find me on social media at Coriel and at The Work University. Shay, you got to close this out strong, okay? It's on you. <laughs> you guys are in the right space. Look, we started right here with all the top-notch people to take you where you need to go. And just remember, it's not anybody else's race. It's your race at your pace. So put your blinders on. Don't be concerned with what everybody else is doing. Be concerned with you. And be coachable. That's the biggest thing. And you guys can find me at the number two, Shay, S-H-E-A, Number two, touch. So, touche, two touch. So, again, I want to say thank you all for coming out. You all can also text me. Take out your phones. <laughs> this is not your moment. <laughs> all right, don't take out your phone. It's cool. Thank you. Hey, uh, but real quick, okay, yes, yes, I, I do need you all. Um, if you are not 
like in your Apple or your spot your Spotify device, if you're not subscribed or following the podcast, I really need you to take out your phone and just subscribe to the podcast, okay? And rate us if you get a chance, okay? That is the it's the best way to support the podcast is just by subscribing, rating, and commenting, okay? So thank y'all so much for coming out. Please give our round of, a round of applause for all the ladies on the panel. DJ Joe. David Chance presents to you the morning meetup. Do you have an idea you need to get off the ground? Are you a small business owner looking to earn supplemental income or replace your current income? Come and join the most amazing mentorship and accountability group for entrepreneurs live with David Shands himself. That's right. This is not pre-recorded and it's not a replay. This is live every morning, Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. Eastern. In addition to the live calls, you also receive a weekly individual Q&A call, a private Facebook community, access to all call replays, and access to David's list of resources and contacts you need to be in an environment of success so head over to themorningmeetup.com today for your one dollar seven day trial that's right just one dollar for seven days of access to the morning meetup take massive action towards manifesting your dreams today themorningmeetup.com ohio ready for some quick mental health facts let's go nearly two million ohioans live with a mental health condition in the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.